The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is 10 Ways to Protect Your Brand from Counterfeiters. Counterfeiting, as you've heard me say in the past, is a complex, dynamic, and global problem that negatively impacts brands in every industry and often threatens the health and safety of consumers around the world. Diversion of products into unauthorized sales channels and distribution of gray market goods causes significant losses for many companies. While there is no cookie-cutter solution to address the brand protection challenges that a company may face, companies seeking to better protect their brands should consider the following practices, the following best practices, and we're going to be talking about those today with Mr. Justin E. Pierce. Uh, Justin is a partner at Venable uh, LLC, I believe it is, LLP. Uh, Justin, are you there? Help me out before I get myself in trouble. (laughs) That's right. Venable LLP. LLP. Okay. We're going to be talking about this with Justin today and uh, trying to help all of us understand what's going on with the counterfeiting and how it affects us both at a company level and a consumer level. Uh, A couple of quick notes. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC and Secure Components, LLC. Business and Quality Process Management, uh, LLC, provides business and quality uh, management consulting, training, and software tools. The principles of BQPM led the development uh, and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification Program that's used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate their compliance with the European Union's restriction of hazardous substance laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about the work that BQPM does and how they can help your company, visit their website at www.bqpm.com. Another of our sponsors uh, is Secure Components, LLC. They're an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. 
their IECQ counterfeit avoidance program certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 standard. When you need help to find high-quality, obsolete, or hard-to-find components, you want Secure Components on your team. To learn more about what Secure Components can do, for you, visit their website at www.securecomponents.com. Well, I've already started to introduce Justin uh, to the audience, so let me uh, go back to that. And Justin, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure, Justin, and it's uh, it's intriguing. I know we've talked, uh, you've actually been on the show with us before, and we, we absolutely uh, appreciate you uh, continuing to support and share your knowledge with us. Sure. Really looking forward to it. I think we've got some good uh, points to cover for the audience today that uh, come out of uh, years of practice, not just in my experience, but I think cover a lot of things that a lot of companies from, from small to big go through in the world of dealing with counterfeiters or product diversion by gray market diverters. It is certainly a uh, challenging uh, situation for us uh, on a worldwide basis. Let me uh, take just a minute for those of you that are not familiar with Justin. Uh, Mr. Pierce has managed complex uh, intellectual property licensing and litigation on an international scale in matters dealing with patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Handled cases in various international proceedings, U.S. federal courts, and the U.S. International Trade Commission. He's a partner at Venable LLP. I got it right this time. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Pierce regularly speaks and writes on a number of intellectual property and brand protection issues. He is a co- and he co-chairs the brand protection practice at Venable LLP. Beyond his experience as an attorney, Mr. Pierce is a graduate of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point and served uh, as an infantry officer in the U.S. Army and attended the, uh, attained rather, the rank of captain before going to uh, George Washington Law School. First and foremost, thank you for your service, Justin. Thank you. Really appreciate that. So let's talk about um, counterfeiting. And if you would, maybe perhaps start with a few words in response to uh, the, the introduction here. You, you mentioned 10... Sure. Uh, Ten things. What, what are we talking about there? Right, absolutely. So thanks again for having me on the show. This issue, when we talk about counterfeiting, I think you hit the nail on the head in your intro and how you describe this. It's a global problem. It's a global business issue that almost all companies face who sell any kind of tangible product, uh, not to mention companies who maybe they feel like they don't have products being knocked off or copied or counterfeited, so to speak, but they may have products that end up in markets that they didn't intend to have them end up, and those are people who are being affected by uh, what's often called uh, product diversion, where maybe you've got a particular product that should be uh, designed or is designed for a particular market that's then put in some unauthorized way into another market. But to make a long story short, just about every company in the world and just about every industry has some type of problem in this realm, whether it's counterfeiting, whether it's 
gray market or product diversion. And these are things that are so ubiquitous that it's an area that over my, you know, short career, and you think about sort of uh, uh, the history of people doing global business and how long that's been. It's a problem that's been around for probably as long as people have been selling different types of products and things like that. So what I hope to bring uh, through my interaction here, Stan, and and to, to viewers on your show is just a little bit of advice and thoughts and, and, and kind of raise the awareness around things that companies can do uh, against uh, the, challenge, the challenge of counterfeiting because it does seem so pervasive and uh, worldwide in scope. Uh, it certainly is. And I, I've, I've got a question to ask you, but before I ask this question, I, I want to share something that um, I actually became aware of just just a few weeks ago. I was uh, doing a keynote address at the uh, Airworthiness and Sustainability Conference in Australia. Uh, it was uh, July, the week of July 22nd, as a matter of fact. And while I was there doing that, the colleagues that I was working with shared with me yet ag- again another story about counterfeiting. And it has, uh, unfortunately, a very uh, bad outcome of it. But a young mother of a couple of children had purchased and was uh, quite pleased with her iPad um, tablet or or iPad computer. Right, tablet. Tablet. Somehow or another, she wound up getting a counterfeit power supply for that unit. She fell asleep with the unit on her chest and wound up being electrocuted to death. And they proved that, or they determined that the uh, power unit that was was with the unit that she bought actually turned out to be counterfeit. Shorted out, and Australia is another one of those countries that uses 220 volts instead of 110. But it, uh, it's part of, I, I think it's part of the same story. It's the most negative aspect of counterfeit as as I know it today. That's right. That's right, Stan. And I think your your story highlights something that a number of companies and brands face. If we just take the consumer electronics example, for instance, it's so uh, easy for someone to um, be fooled in a lot of markets and in a lot of places where uh, there isn't a lot of focus on having high quality supply chains or in certain markets when you're out shopping and you are given a power cord or, or accessory or battery um, that isn't properly made and is substandard somehow in its manufacture and turns out to be not just a counterfeit, but as your story highlights, a safety issue and something that can damage or ultimately kill you or cause bodily harm to, to you and your family. Those yes. types of instances are not uncommon. And that's one of the big reasons why, you know, the fight against counterfeits is so important. It's something that not only raises, uh, you might say, uh, brand value for companies, but in a real way, it's about product safety and public safety. It, it absolutely is. We, we could spend the entire show talking about the safety aspects of this, and uh, by all means, we have in the past, and we certainly will in the future. Uh, but before before I get too hung up in that area, I, I have a question for you. You're you're sure. in a very interesting profession. 
And having gone from your schooling to the U.S. Army, I'm curious, how did you wind up in law and particularly <laughs> in this aspect of law? Great question. <laughs> I, I always uh, actually, you know, looking back over uh, my, my career, and I, I don't, uh, you know, make it, it make it seem like it's been so long, but uh, looking back over my time in the military and, and, and sort of the things I focused on there and now as a lawyer, I'm amazed how much of it is actually quite similar. And the battle for brand protection, uh, the battle against counterfeiters in many ways is not unlike uh, my prior life uh, as a soldier and uh, uh, serving the country. It's just uh, this time the bad guys are people who are trying to uh, make false copies or unsafe copies of your product or who are out uh, marketing themselves as if they are you on the web or who are out stealing your content and uh, doing various other things that either hurt or harm your brand or could hurt or harm the public. And so in many ways, I think I still have that sort of that same spirit and it's very uh, parallel to a lot of things that you see uh, between the two different, very different professions. How I came into it is uh, even during uh, my days as a kid, there's always two things I wanted to be, quite honestly, and one was uh, in some way as a soldier or serving the armed forces on behalf of the country, but I also always enjoyed the law, and here we are 30, 40 years later, I've had a chance to do both, so... That, in a nutshell, is how I've ended up where I'm at now, uh, fighting on behalf of brands and, and the public in general against uh, counterfeiters and uh, people who would uh, harm you through uh, unsafe products. Well, we certainly appreciate it. We need people like you doing this type of work. And, uh, and while it may not be the the most uh, exciting things, and, and I'm not sure in a court of law how this all works, but... Uh, we certainly appreciate that you, that you and folks like you are are interested and in, uh, good at what you do. Sure, and we'll, and we'll certainly yeah. cover a little bit of that court of law aspect to, to give you and the and the viewers a little uh, explanation of how that does work. Well, let, let's jump into that. You know, we, as we talked prior to the show in preparation for it, uh, you'd been sharing with me how counterfeiting is a complex, dynamic, dynamic, and global problem and how it right. negatively impacts brands and safety. So right. take take us down that road. What what does that really mean to us as consumers and to us as business people? Absolutely. So a good way to get into it is to kind of go through these top 10 best practices or 10 uh, things you should know to uh, better position yourself, uh, your brand. And this is the kind of rules that apply to someone, whether you're a a one-person startup and considering selling a product and sourcing different components from various places or whether you're a, a Fortune 500 company. And so that global aspect of this, and this is why it's so dynamic, is that we think about the world we live in today. We buy and sell products not just in our local area, but we buy and sell products through the Internet. We buy and sell products and components that are integrated into products that are then sold right. to consumers. And if you think about how complex that can be, whether you're selling toys, whether you're selling electronics, oftentimes the component parts of those goods, whatever that finished good that ends up in a user's or a consumer's hand, those products and different ingredients could have come from all over the world in various different places. The road they travel to get to that manufacturer, to the company assembling it, and then distributing to you is quite complex in many cases, and that's even for the most simple product. 
Yes, it is. And, and through all those different channels and through all that different uh, travel from the point where a particular good is manufactured and then distributed and then provided to a consumer, there's a lot of opportunities for various things to happen, good and bad. One of the bad things you see happening is what we're talking about here today. People get an idea particularly uh, enterprising business people in various countries, and, and this can happen in the U.S., can happen in China, and that's why I say it's a global problem, can look at a trend, look at something that's a hot product, see that there's a big demand for it, and decide to fill that demand through illegal means by manufacturing copies of a product. Maybe the product they manufacture, let's, we could talk about the accessory or the power cable or battery, right. uh-huh. uh, as an example. And just think about someone who then sees a popular battery or an accessory and they just decide to skimp a little bit on how it's made and they don't include a vent, per se. Or they don't include all the components that you need to have a safe product at the other end. Now, the consumer, like almost 99.9% of us, won't have any idea, particularly on the surface of the product, um, it looks somewhat legit that there's something going wrong inside and oftentimes too late you find out, for instance, that that battery or power cable is overheating and could become a fire hazard or even explode. And so that, you know, in a nutshell is why this is so complex, why it's global, and why to kind of start with my sort of step one here, that it's really important to conduct some sort of audit, some sort of brand protection audit, whether you're a small company or a big company. And that really, in a nutshell, is taking a look at all those different ways that the product gets to you in whatever state okay. it's actually being manufactured and whatever state it eventually ends up in the consumer's hand to really do an analysis as to how it's being secured uh, and how it actually is being given to consumers at the end of the day. A lot of times, uh, and this could be very scary, the same way you and I can be fooled about whether a product or a component of a product is legit or not, oftentimes even people at companies can be fooled that something is, is counterfeit and, and that could be integrated with authentic parts and, and cause problems as well. I, I can actually share stories, and I'm sure most of us can, about how that happens. Uh, I'm, I'm an engineer. Uh, I spent many years as a component engineer, and it wasn't too long ago that I found out in talking with a colleague who is actually with Dell Computers that I went on the Internet and bought what turned out to be a counterfeit uh, battery when I needed to replace my battery, I wound up getting a counterfeit battery off of the internet. However, it looked exactly like Dell's battery. We we need to take a short break here for station identification. Um, Justin, if you'll stay with me, we'll be back in just a minute and let's continue talking about this. <laughs> Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 counterfeit avoidance standard. 
Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit securecomponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is 10 Ways to Protect Your Brand from Counterfeiters. My guest today, Justin Pierce with Venable LLP, we're talking about the counterfeiting and how complex and dynamic and the global aspects of the counterfeiting issues are. Before the break, we were talking about, uh, Justin was starting to talk about, I should say, the 10 ways uh, to protect your brand. 10 things that you can do as a company, and perhaps uh, he can expand on how that can be looked at from a consumer level. So welcome back, Justin. Thank you, and thanks again for the intro. So to kind of pick up where we left off, we had started off with the number one way uh, for, for small companies of, or companies of any size, uh, which was really just do some sort of brand protection audit to kind of assess how well your, your brand and products are secured. And right. what I mean by that is how they're secured in terms of legal protection all the way down to how you operate with respect to your supply chain and distribution. Um, okay. That leads us then to our second way, which kind of gets to the basics, and I think this is something for, for everybody who's a consumer everyone who's sort of a, a budding entrepreneur and thinking about getting a business started to someone who's got, you know, a major uh, global company operating. But the second and probably most key point uh, to look at is if you've got a brand or some key trademark or name or a certain way that you package or announce your products to the world, 
whatever that key trademark or trade dress uh, is, you should really try to get that registered. You should get that trademark registered in the country that you operate in, and you ought to try to get that trademark registered in the company where your products are either manufactured or assembled. That's really important because the counterfeiters rely, just like on the store we talked about uh, at the start of the show, they rely on, on all of our goodwill and all of our habits where we look for certain popular brands or look for certain colors or a certain way something is packaged, almost as, as a way to look for safety, and they take advantage of that. So it's very important uh, whether you've got a new brand or an old standing popular brand to ensure that that trademark and you know the particular unique set of colors or packaging that people know your product by is subject to trademark protection. That's probably the single most important legal step you can do prior to ever even getting in court to kind of protect yourself against counterfeiters or those who would uh, abuse your brand. And that's interesting because what you're really also pointing out from a consumer level is we really don't look at the detail very much. If we see uh, an apple with a, a bite taken out of it, we just naturally assume that it belongs to Apple Computer. Good, good point. I mean, I think all of us do that to some extent. There's certain brands you know and love, and they've got if you think about it, certain color combinations and logos or, or like I mentioned before, certain ways maybe their goods are packaged and you look for certain colors or to be wrapped in a certain way and you just pick that product up without a whole lot of in-detail look. And so counterfeiters are very astute to that and very aware of that. And for anybody, that's one of your first, uh, you know, sort of basic steps of defense to just make sure that the way that consumers find your product is protected in some way. It's protected. Okay, so that's number two. Number three is what? Number three is very similar. It's basically take that registration. Uh, in most countries, there's some way you can get your trademark, for example, registered. Uh, many countries, as you all might expect, and, and certainly I'm sure the topics come up on, on this show many times, but many countries have customs agencies, agencies right. responsible for regulating the export and import of goods in and out of a country. But... In the U.S., for example, and there are a number of other countries that have similar sets of uh, procedures, you can actually take a registered trademark and record that with a customs agency. And what that does, let's say the U.S., for example, it then puts your trademark or your brand's mark on their internal list of marks that allow you then to go out, go and have talks to customs about how a particular product may be being counterfeited uh, and gives you a way to enlist or at least avail yourselves of customs helping you and putting them on notice that maybe counterfeits or knockoff imports of a particular product are coming into the country. Taking that registered trademark and then recording it, in, some, you know, in a legal term, people may use the term recording. It's basically the same as taking a registered trademark and then taking a second step of registering it with customs. Basically allows you to avail yourselves of customs to help you when you do find that illegal imports or counterfeits of a particular product are coming into a certain market. So we, we could assume in this case that part of this is, from a legal standpoint, what we're doing is our due diligence. Uh, That's right. I've heard that term used before. That's right. That's right. We, it, <laughs> probably overused is my guess, but that's basically <laughs> okay. sort of a basic step. Absolutely, it should be done. You would be surprised how many people, and not just people, but how many big companies 
simply don't even do those t- two steps. You know, having a key trademark registered and having a key trademark then recorded or registered with customs either in the U.S. or customs in whatever country they're concerned about uh, counterfeit proliferation in. You just reminded me of a uh, a challenge I have, and now uh, I'll talk to you after the show about doing just that with some things we're doing in uh, counterfeit and and hazardous substance. Sure. So that that was uh, number three. Where where do we go with number four? That's right. So with number four, and this actually does relate to customs again, once you do have information, it's really important and when I say information, if you are a business owner or entrepreneur, a small business, and again, even a consumer, you can interact with the government many different ways. Customs uh, and Border Protection welcomes uh, reports uh, to the extent consumers, to the extent business people know of it, and a lot of people don't avail themselves of this process, but can report to Customs if you have any knowledge uh, about suspect products that are being distributed or being imported into the U.S. That kind of information is really helpful to them in terms of stopping and keeping sort of our markets clean and, and safe. And if you are a particular business in a particular industry and you become aware that your products are being knocked off, you can even go the extra mile of creating a pamphlet or folder or a guide of how your products look, at least your authentic products look, and providing examples of that. Maybe even if you've had the unfortunate incidents of having counterfeits of those products being made, but take pictures of the counterfeits and do a compare and contrast, put them in a binder or a notebook, and try to get a meeting with people at Customs to kind of show them how an authentic product looks that you or your company makes versus a counterfeit. That type of information is super helpful to them when they are trying to discern between counterfeits and, and uh, authentic goods. Excellent information. I'm also aware, because of some of the work that I do with Homeland Security and the folks that are trying to help uh, mitigate, if you will, detect and mitigate counterfeits, it's so prolific today that they are – they're actually not able to do as much as they used to be able to do. Right. So helping yourself help them uh, seems like an extremely important aspect to this. That's a great point, and I think in today's world, that's what one of the things that makes this seem like such a tough and daunting problem for people, particularly a lot of the small businesses. I can think of people, you know, one set, some set, a subset of people that I think we all feel uh, uh, bad for. A lot of times, the small independent toy makers, uh, if they have something that you make and that it's really popular often gets beset by counterfeiters and knockoffs and have a tough time even financing uh, brand protection operations or anti-counterfeiting. And one of the most cost-effective things you can do to help yourself in those situations, and again, this applies to everybody, is to really work hard at making it easy for customs to figure out what's real and what's not and kind of get yourself on their list. You know, go through the trouble of, of, of registering and recording your trademarks and then going through the trouble of making the uh, product identification manual is what we like to call it, or simply put a binder with pictures of of real product versus counterfeits that you've seen. That really goes a long way to trying to help them help you. Just, you know, we didn't talk about this, but uh, I would suspect that a small company that is facing any of this or taking the advice that uh, you're sharing or the information we're sharing today 
taking that information and actually putting it on their website, or is that something they shouldn't do? Should they actually publish that type of, if they've got pictures and information, or do you protect yourself by not publishing it? That's, that's one that's always open to debate. Different companies have done different things. It's a great question. So some companies, and sometimes it depends on the industry, it depends on maybe even the company's culture, It also sometimes companies will have different uh, sensibilities where maybe they're afraid of revealing too much information, and sometimes with good reason. If you educate the public, some subset of that public, particularly if it's a popular product, and you put out too much information, the counterfeiters learn. They don't just sort of copy it once the same way. The copies tend to get better over time if they really are after you and you've got a hot product. So you do have to be a bit judicious and work with you know seasoned brand protection professionals to come up with sort of a strategy that works with you in that particular industry and in that particular niche and, and, and uh, sector. Okay. So that was four, I believe. That's right. That's right. And so that brings us to five. And, and five is simply this. Routinely monitor any unauthorized use of your brands uh, in all channels. And the biggest way to do that these days is to do online monitoring. Um, obviously, not everyone's selling everything online, but pretty much just about everything that can be sold is. And it's a great cost-effective way and can be done efficiently uh, through the use of various software, and there's a number of vendors in this space as well who provide various online brand and online content monitoring services. Um, this is, you know, simply put, another way to sort of leverage, you know, a, a, a small budget in many cases, but to be able to get a global look at what's happening with your product or products right. that might be under a particular brand name on the variety of channels that things can be sold on. If you think about today, Products are sold not just on one-off websites. They're sold on e-commerce sites. They're sold on auction sites. They're sold through various peer-to-peer networks. There are a number of online monitoring tricks and, and tricks of the trade and a number of people who are vendors in this space, some who I know have even been on, on the show in the past, but in all fairness, because there are so many options, I think that you know whether you're a consumer, and particularly if you're a company, there are a number of choices that you can take a look at and kind of compare and contrast as to the breadth and, and scope of services they provide. But the key point to remember here is to make sure that as part of you, uh, let's say you're a company or a brand trying to turn it around against the counterfeiters, one of the key parts of your plan uh, and strategy has to be an online aspect where you're monitoring and surveilling what's actually happening with your brands out in the market and how people are referring to them down to how various sites that may not be you or transacting business, uh, you know, using products under your name. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm a little embarrassed to, to actually admit, but it's part of uh, what I try and do with the show. I'm embarrassed to admit that I wound up buying a battery that turned out to be counterfeit. But as I talked to my colleague uh, at Dell when I did this, he pointed out that particularly on the... the um, auction sites is where they unfortunately see a lot of this activity. Uh, He mentioned that there were some sites that you could absolutely know that you're getting a proper product, but it is a challenge to say the least. That's right. That's right. It's a constant (laughs) challenge and an ever-changing one and, again, very pervasive. There are a lot of, you know, sort of guidelines there, a lot of sort of variants of the buyer beware 
type story. Right. You know, be careful where you're buying it from. You know, if you're at a website and there's obvious misspellings or it looks really cheap or not quite like the real thing, or if you've been led there through you know, some very extreme bargain basement type hunting uh, on the web and it's led you through various links and it doesn't look like it's the official um, brand owner or manufacturer site, that should sort of put you on notice already that you may not be uh, in the best of uh, places to, to make that type of purchase, particularly if it's going to be something like you mentioned before, a battery or some electrical uh, accessory or something like that. I mean, you've got a lot of, a lot of things to worry about there. But there are situations where it's ver- it's almost virtually impossible to tell between a, a knockoff website and a brand owner site. And so you can always exercise buyer beware, but I think in many of these cases, particularly for companies who are doing a lot of business online, it really behooves them to engage uh, some sort of brand protectional professional, brand protection professional who's got some expertise uh, in the online distribution uh, world. In talking with some folks that uh, are very involved in this in uh, Homeland Security, I was actually at a conference where they showed that the counterfeiters, the real counterfeiters, the people that are are doing this uh, for all the wrong reasons, have actually figured out that they can charge more money for the counterfeits than they were charging before. And that actually gets people to think that they're actually buying something that's not counterfeit. That's a great point. That's a great point, and that and and this is a sort of a consumer uh, point here, just for all of us. Um, if you think about it, and you think about some of the advice you typically hear, even things that, that we ourselves just here said between Stan and I, if you go looking on the internet and you find a, a deal that's too good to be true, that's always an indicator, right? If you know something right. costs ten dollars per item and you see it on sale at some questionable site for two dollars. Obviously, some red flags should go off, but obviously, counterfeiters get smart, and in particular, counterfeiters who are very good at making high-quality fakes, they're still fakes, but they at least look better in terms of how the pictures look and things like that, you know, oftentimes they're using pictures, too, of of the real thing and just shipping you something that's a knockoff. So, people who make uh, good websites and invest in making a high-quality fake website will more often than not have higher prices than some of their competing uh, lower-level counterfeiters. And that higher price point oftentimes can give people, again, a uh, false sense of security. And I think, you know, there's no sort of one-off solution as to how to deal with all of these issues. One of the best things you can do, though, is if you're looking for a particular brand's products, go to that particular brand, go to their official website, to the official retail outlet, ask questions, ask questions about who are approved resellers or approved distributors, look at the information and take the time to look at the fine print, uh, even go as far as looking at certain model numbers. And a lot of times, not even not all companies, but many uh, will have a customer service line that you can call and you might want to read off, you know, the information that you're seeing to ask if, if it's legit. And most, and most, uh, brand owners uh, actually appreciate getting that information. So it's it's an important right. thing to keep in mind. We need to take a short break for station identification. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with Justin Pierce and the complexities of counterfeiting. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com 
Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 Counterfeit Avoidance Standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit SecureComponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at StanSalat.com. Again, that's Stan at StanSalat.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is 10 Ways to Protect Your Brand from Counterfeiters. As we've mentioned, counterfeiting is a complex, dynamic, and global problem that negatively impacts brands in every industry and often threatens the health and safety of consumers around the world. We've been talking uh, with Justin Pierce. I've been talking with Justin Pierce with uh, Venable LLP. And uh, welcome back, Justin. Thank you. Well, to pick up where we left off, because I don't want to leave any of the uh, viewers or audience um, uh, short on the rest of the top ten, take advantage of the little bit of time we have left to kind of cover. We left off at five, and I just want to kind of go through what six through ten are, and then we can kind of go back and talk about a few of those points in detail. Okay. Sounds good. But step six was basically using some of the available anti-counterfeiting technology uh, that may be appropriate for your product or business model. There's a lot of tech out there, and it's really a fast-growing area. Uh, these include things like holograms or radio frequency identification tags that are embedded in products, um, chemical markings and inks, basically ways that make it easy for people in your distribution train, chain and even sometimes even customs to discern between a product that's real and fake. Right. Number, number seven is uh, educating your employees and sales force about how important IP protection is. 
and providing training to your own employees and sales force to help them be able to discern between what's real and what's fake. Okay. Um, number eight, and this is something that all companies should do. Not all do, do it, but definitely something that they should do to help when you do find or suspect that there may be counterfeiting issues is simply this. Seek out and hire experienced investigators, uh, investigators who have experience in IP cases and can help you build cases against, you know, the networks of people that do counterfeit your goods. Uh, number nine is something we kind of alluded to earlier in our talk about online activities, but regularly police and monitor uh, the online marketplaces for counterfeit sales of your goods. And then last, number 10, something we've talked about before as well, work really hard to find and work with experienced uh, legal counsel and brand protection professionals who understand uh, the problems you face in your particular company or industry with respect to counterfeiting or product diversion or piracy or whatever variation of the problem you may be having. Yeah, and that one we could spend an entire show on because when you stop and think about that part of it, well, in years past, you could take action against somebody in the country you were in. Um, The Internet knows no border, and consequently, things are happening around the world, and it's very complex to have a problem that originates in a foreign country. Regardless of where it is, it's a foreign country to where you are, uh, and then try and do any action on it. Unless you have professionals that know what they're doing, it's it's going to be extremely difficult. That's right, and uh, well said. I mean, that's part of the, the promise and peril of this global world we live in. On the one side, you've got the promise and great benefit of being able to do business internationally, being able to use the Internet, even if you're a one-person company and sell products out of your garage and source products from from anywhere in the world and turn it into something that that the market may want, that's a great thing and it's fun and can be profitable and exciting. But on the perilous side of that is it does introduce an opportunity for a lot of newfound dangers for, you know, fake or counterfeit or substandard parts to get integrated into whatever you're making and offering to people. It could result in people getting hurt or uh, turning into an experience that you wouldn't want a consumer to have. All right. Um, something that um, comes to mind. You you mentioned holograms and other things. Going back a bit to uh, I think it's right. uh, item six. Before before we go any further, for those that are interested in understanding this in more detail, by all means, you'll be able to find information on my website, stansalot.com. You can go to www.stansalot.com. It'll be on the first page. Uh, the homepage when you get there, and that will give you contact information for Justin as well as uh, the material we're talking about today. And I believe, Justin, if uh, they want to talk with you directly, your email address is? That's right. My email address is simply this. It's J Pierce, and that's P-I-E-R-C-E, at Venable.com. And Venable is spelled V-E-N-A-B-L-E. Excellent. Okay, back to the uh, the point about uh, holograms and that. Uh, right. I mean, 
<laughs> we we've seen holograms on TV, but what what? That's right. That's right. What are the, what are they doing? What what is that all about today? Right. So that that area of technology, when you take a look at things that are technology that's helpful in terms of anti counterfeiting, it's types of technology that you can put on a product. Uh, oftentimes, unfortunately, the anti counterfeiting technology can be copied, or at least sometimes people will make cheaper copies of it. But to use the hologram as an example, there we're talking about a, you know, a holographic sticker of some type that may be embedded or placed on packaging of a good to show that it's an authentic or a certified product. A lot of times when those are used, as you might suspect, counterfeiters that are particularly persistent in going after a popular product have been known on many occasions to make a cheaper copy of that hologram to, again, give people who just kind of make that quick split-second look on the shelf and pick the product up, hey, it's got some gold-looking sticker in the right place, so I'll take it. It could still be a counterfeit of the hologram that was supposed to be on the authentic package. Our our point with saying that you should select and use any counterfeiting technology is this. Oftentimes, it's just like you think about the analogy to uh, car thieves. If there's 10 cars on the block and your car... Uh, all of them have the doors locked, but your car has a steering wheel lock on it and the other nine don't, chances are yours won't get stolen, the other nine will. Not because they can't undo the steering wheel lock eventually, but right. it's just easier to get the other nine targets. So you can apply the same logic to use of anti-counterfeiting technology. Uh, companies that take the time to introduce watermarks, covert markings, uh, use of holograms, but obviously change them up over time, or even things like radio frequency ID tags where you can kind of track and trace where a product is during its distribution and have something that can be passively read by, say, a reader if someone sent a product in to customer service so that you could quickly make the decision as to whether it's authentic or counterfeit. Those types of things actually do save companies uh, a lot of money and are a pretty good safety measure when it comes to keeping consumers in the market clean of counterfeits as well. Yeah, that that also brings up another point, and uh, this is one that uh, our sponsor, Secure Components, is the, the direction Secure Components took, and it's a program that I've been involved with for a while now, and that is the certification of the manufacturing company or the distribution chain actually being certified, which means they've gone through a process of demonstrating that they mitigate or, and or detect and or mitigate counterfeit uh, products. So they have a system in place and they have to go through a certification process and then they go through an annual review process. And a consumer buying you know, I'm going to pick any any retailer for the sake of discussion. Sure. If they if they have a mitigation detection system in place, and they require their supply chain to actually undergo a certification process, suddenly you get to a point where you can buy with a certain degree of confidence because the supply chain is properly managed. Um, so that's that's kind of a new thing that's coming together that supports the holograms and you had mentioned a couple of other things that people could look for. That's right. That's right. So oftentimes 
there may be things on there that are overt markings that consumers can look at, like a, a sticker that's a hologram or a certain watermark if you shift a product a certain way in the light. Uh, but there are also uh, companies will even use curve art markings where there's maybe a notch made at a certain point on the exterior oh, yeah. of a device, for instance, that you just wouldn't notice by looking at it, but someone internal to the company who's trying to ascertain the difference between a really high-quality counterfeit and a, and, a, and a fake can look at and make the determination pretty quickly. All right. Uh, this, in that area that, that you just spoke about, the fact that someone would have annual certifications and look at things over time, I think is really important. It's really important because it kind of leads me to uh, what we talked about briefly is step seven about educating employees and sales force. If we talk about the retail context, we find oftentimes that one of the most helpful things to consumers is if people at a store, let's say even a retail outlet, have some knowledge themselves just based on what they've seen or maybe they've experienced with upset customers doing returns to even advise people to say, hey, I, I've seen this happen before. Right. Just so happened, hey, this product A here, if it looks like this, probably not the real thing. Don't buy it. Don't be fooled. Hey, here's an example of the thing that looks, you know, that's real. Right. That's super right. helpful again for that company, and it's super helpful for the consumer who's trying to avoid, you know, either a bad experience or, or worse yet, something that's unsafe. All right. Well, Justin, I hate to say it, but we are just about at the end of our show. Um, once again, for our listening audience, uh, we didn't get a chance to cover seven, eight uh, in detail. We've briefly talked about nine and ten. But I do want to thank you, Justin, and remind our folks that they can find out more information by either contacting you directly or going to uh, my website and linking up with you that way. Definitely. Okay. Um, we are once again coming to the end of our show. I'm uh, actually coming to you live today from Taipei, Taiwan. I spend a lot of time traveling, looking at, and working with the supply chain looking at and working with manufacturers uh, both in the U.S. and abroad. So we, we really are committed to helping uh, companies help themselves and finding ways to have a safer environment for all of us. If you have any questions, please contact me at uh, my email address, stan at stansalot.com. You can also find me on Twitter. It's Stan Salat Jr., and that's Stan Salat Jr. Uh, so by all means, uh, if you're interested in following what we're doing, there's a lot of new things happening, a lot of activity going on. Uh, I will definitely be asking Justin. In fact, I'll ask him right now. He's still here with me. Uh, will you come back, Justin? I'm happy to do so. We'll just have all to schedule right. it out, but I'm sure I will. Okay. So we'll have Justin back on, and we'll cover the the remaining items, and, and even more. Uh, our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components. Again, if you need help sorting out how to do these things, Business and Quality uh, Process Management provides that type of expertise, and we do that worldwide. Secure Components, if you're needing obsolete or hard-to-find components, they specialize in that business, and they absolutely know how to find good, solid parts that are not counterfeit. They have a system in place. They have been assessed and demonstrate their ability to uh, detect and mitigate the counterfeit, or uh, if you will, protect 
their customers from counterfeits. We can't make this show possible without the support and the help of the uh, Voice America group. And I'd always like to, re to recognize uh, Brandy Jackson, the general manager, Robert Cellino, executive producer, Randy Jackman, the production manager, Jeffrey Gerstel, the director of host services, Brooke Eyed Marketing and Social Media. None of this is possible without my great aid from Yulia Koch, Coach Branding and People to People Production Manager. This is Stan Slott. Thank you for joining me on People to People, working together for your safety. Remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. Your help in the fight against the proliferation of hazardous substances and counterfeiting of consumer products could save a life. Until next week, I'm your host, Stan Slott, wishing you a safe and healthy life. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat for next week's edition of People to People, working together for your safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week.